Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. All HBC podcasts can be found on Spotify or Facebook under Hillside Baptist Chapel. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood zero zero two at gmail.com prayer requests can be sent directly to hbc prayer list 2020 at gmail.com hello everybody it's good to see each of you here this morning frank come and tell us about our prayer concerns good morning everyone um the only updates I have is Dawn singing. She's basically going to go through the chemo. She decided, her and her husband, they're going to go for it. It's the, it's the real harsh chemo. Uh, she's, last time I heard, she was getting her hair cut and getting ready to go. Um, and we just prayed for the, her for make the right decision. I don't know if it's the right decision or not. I hope, uh, I hope God's guiding her in this. But uh, it's a scary thing. Freddie, he's no longer dizzy. and my daughter-in-law jennifer she's doing a little better i mean she's had all these testings done i these tested her for everything and uh she went out and ate supper last night in the restaurant so yeah she's she's getting better so um other than that that's all i got okay today i'm going to be speaking on christ did not send me to baptize Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'll quit all the foolishness, and we'll get right on to the messages. Message. One message. And uh, we'll begin reading with verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll read verses 10 through 17. The Apostle Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so that there be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers, some from Cephas's household, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Cleo's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Cephas or Peter. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized into the name of Paul? I am thankful that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized into my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, 
not with words of human wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, as we come to you today, we are so thankful for your blessings. Thank you that we're able to meet together in spirit and in truth. And we're able to worship your holy name as we've sung this morning. I know that we were able to worship when we were in our homes, as we were listening to the podcast. Thank you that our people were so faithful to tune in and to hear the messages. But it's so much better, our Lord, that we might be able to meet together. And I pray that this can continue. And I pray that the virus that caused all of this, the pandemic that is in the world, will be conquered. And we won't have to worry about that anymore. Now again, Father, we pray your blessings on each one that's here. And help us today that we might be able to leave your house and say, it was good to have been in the house of the Lord. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So why Christ did not send me to baptize, Paul said. It's a little surprising to me that the Apostle Paul would have said that, yet I understand why he said it. But in fact, as we study the Scriptures, one of the last things that Jesus said prior to him leaving this earth is found in what we call the Great Commission. Do you remember that? It says, Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now that's been the marching orders of God's churches ever since that day, right? Why do we exist? Why are we here? Our responsibility is to preach the gospel, right? To give the message of eternal life. Because we want people to be saved. We don't want them to go to hell, right? And the world is going there, right? Where's the world going? It's going to hell. Somebody came up with the phrase, they're going to hell in a handbasket, right? <laughs> I don't know really what the uh, main point of that is, except that's where they're going, and, and they're going there quickly. I think that's the idea that's given. And um, we want to keep them from going there. We want them to hear the message of eternal life. We want them to understand what's needed in order for them to not go to hell. In order for them to go to heaven. And so we preach the gospel. That's what the Apostle Paul preached as well, right? Now I know you wish you had a pastor that was below 60 years old. He wouldn't have to wear a mask. 
But I'm not younger than 60, so I'm going to have to have this mask on. And it interrupts my mouth speaking sometimes, so bear with me. But in order for us to understand where the Apostle Paul was coming from, what he meant by that phrase, we're going to have to dig a little deeper. We're going to have to look at the Scriptures here. We're going to have to understand what he was saying. And we know that the Apostle Paul, even though he didn't consider himself sent specifically to baptize, he wasn't against baptism, was he? So there's going to be four things that we're going to be looking at here today. And hopefully we can answer this question, why Christ didn't send the Apostle Paul to baptize. And first of all, let us look and see, did Paul oppose baptism or discourage converts from being baptized? Did he? We're going to look at that. We're going to find out whether he did or not. And then secondly, why did the Apostle Paul not make it his practice to baptize all new converts? Why? What was his reasoning behind that? And so, what was the goal of Paul's mission? What was he sent to do? What was his commission? Now, we looked at Matthew 28, verse 19 a moment ago, where it tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? Baptizing, so on. Now, we call that the Great Commission. We believe, we understand that this is the reason we exist as a church. Why are we here? Well, you know, we could, we could name several different things that we think about when we think of church. We have fellowship one with another, don't we? Now... I don't know how this social distancing had <laughs> interrupts our fellowship. But I think I saw y'all fellowshipping pretty good before the services started. <laughs> really, according to the government and what they want us to do when we're inside of this building, they would like for us to have our fellowship outside the church and not in here. I don't like that. Do you? But I understand they're wanting us to keep six foot apart everywhere we are. I don't think we're going to do that. But anyway, that's, that's the idea of the regulations that they put down. Now, fellowship is one of the things that we get from the church. We get teaching. We get understanding. We get uh, a place to come and worship God that's not all brought out in the great commission is it so the church does exist for other things other than what's stated specifically in the great commission but the great commission is our marching orders and this is why we exist now 
Before I go any further, as the Apostle Paul made that statement that Christ did not send me to baptize, there have been some individuals that have made inferences from that that are unscriptural. I was reading in my study, trying to get prepared for this message, about what others have said about this statement. And one individual began his article by saying, the Lord didn't send me to baptize. Well, that's what the Apostle Paul said, wasn't it? So I'm not going to say it's wrong for another individual to say, I wasn't sent to baptize. But here's the thing. This individual went on to say that baptism wasn't important. It doesn't make any difference whether you're baptized or not baptized. Now, let me clarify that. I understand where the guy is coming from. You don't have to be baptized to go to heaven, do you? If you had to be baptized to go to heaven, the thief on the cross didn't go to heaven, right? And there's probably many other individuals through history, maybe that made a deathbed confession or whatever, that if it was necessary for an individual to be baptized in order to go to heaven, they wouldn't go there either. Baptism doesn't save. I'm going to say that without any fear of contradiction from the Scriptures. But baptism is important. This mask doesn't want to stay up, but anyway. Baptism is important. And we'll look at some of the things that baptism does and, and why an individual should be baptized. But as we think about these things, the last point that we're going to cover is what does all of this imply about our view of baptism? Now, some of you may be saying, well, Pastor, couldn't you have chosen a different passage of Scripture and something different to speak on as we came together for our first service in our new building and our first service after the quarantine? Well, this is a Baptist church, right? Why do we call it a Baptist church? Because we baptize. Baptism is important. It doesn't save. It doesn't get you to heaven. But it is important. And, and again, we're going to be looking at how what the Apostle Paul said here should be seen for what he was really saying, what he really meant. Now, first of all, did the Apostle Paul oppose or discourage baptism in his ministry, in his work? From what the Apostle Paul's letters say, you know, he wrote... 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Romans, uh, Titus, Philemon. You know, you can just go on and on and name. we got more books from the Apostle Paul than any other individual in the Scriptures, right? In the New Testament. So we can look at these other books and we can look at what he said in these books and we can get a better idea, a clearer idea 
about what he meant when he said this. So we can know how the Apostle Paul stood on baptism by looking at what he has said in his writings. Now, the Apostle Paul assumed that all the believers that he wrote to in these other letters were baptized. And he based important parts of his teaching upon this common experience that all believers have. For example, Romans 6.3. He says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now we're not going to take time to really dive into this particular verse this morning, but here's one thing I think we need to understand. Not only did the Apostle Paul think that all believers should be baptized, but he was giving some explanation about what that baptism is about. Why are we baptized? Well, he says, we were baptized into Christ Jesus. We're baptized into his death. One of the things that baptism shows is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Isn't that right? We were buried with him in baptism. And then we're raised. I won't hold you under that long. <laughs> and then we're raised to walk in newness of life. Right? That's what the Bible tells us. Now, another thing that it shows is also shown in the scriptures. Another example of what the Apostle Paul thought about baptism is found in Colossians 2 and verse 12. When he says that all Christians, having been buried with him in baptism, in which we were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. You see, the idea is given in the scriptures that we're showing our change. We're showing what has taken place in our lives as we were saved. When we were lost, the Bible says we were dead in trespasses and sins, right? We were a dead man walking or a dead woman walking. We were dead. But then when we were born again, we were made alive in Christ Jesus. We were born again, right? We were given new life. And so baptism is showing, giving a picture of our burying that old life, our putting it away, and our raise to walk a new kind of life. And so the Apostle Paul understood all of that. The Apostle Paul taught this. 
He was showing that he believed in baptism. Now, he wasn't treating baptism as something that's optional at all. The same thing in the book of Acts. The book of Acts has a lot to say about the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Now we see him as he was first saved. You remember he had persecuted Christians. One of my devotionals this morning was talking about Paul and his life as a lost person. His life as a persecutor. And I don't think I would have said it quite like Charles Stanley was saying it. But anyway, what he said was that the Apostle Paul was a terrible individual because he was persecuting the church. Let me give you something just in a little defense of Paul or Saul as we would refer to him prior to his salvation. He thought he was doing Christ a service, or God a service, not Christ, but God a service, by persecuting the church. He thought that this was a heretical group. He thought they were false in their beliefs. And so uh, he didn't believe in Christ at all. And so in his defense, he thought he was working for God. But he found out on the road to Damascus that he wasn't working for God, didn't he? He found out that, in fact, he was working for Satan. Well, what happened to him shortly after he was saved? Now, it didn't happen immediately. But shortly after he was saved, the Scriptures tell us that he was baptized. That... He was immersed. Now, as we think about all of these things and, and we begin to put them together, Paul was baptized. And then in many different teachings and the scriptures, he teaches an individual that he should be baptized. So we know that Paul is not condemning baptism he's not saying that he doesn't believe in baptism so why did the apostle Paul not baptize his own converts now there's a few of them that he did and he named them in the scripture reading that we gave a moment ago didn't he but most of them he didn't why did he make it a practice to have Timothy or Silas or Luke, his companions on his missionary journeys, do the baptizing. The Apostle Paul was seen by these early Christians as an individual called as an apostle. And they elevated him. That's not wrong. 
I think we should have looked up to him had he been living in our day and time. But factions formed in the church in Corinth. This church that he's writing to that we're reading from. And they were saying, I belong to Paul. Because maybe Paul baptized them or they identified with this apostle more than anyone else. Or some were saying, I belong to Apollos. Apollos was another preacher in this early day. And we're not going to go look at the background for him. But but he was an individual that had influence in the church as well. And then Peter, or Cephas. He was another apostle, wasn't he? And so he had been to Corinth, and maybe he had baptized some of them. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us that he did. But maybe this is where they got the idea that they needed to follow Peter. Maybe it was his writings. Maybe it was his teachings. But some were saying, I'm of Paul. I belong to Paul. Some were saying, I'm of Apollos, or I belong to Apollos, or Peter. And this church was being torn apart by leaders in that early day, boasting of different factions, boasting of different thoughts, boasting about their favorite teacher. Now, let me say this. That can happen in our day and time, too. It happens with pastors. And sometimes, when a pastor dies or when a pastor retires, or when a pastor is called by another church and he leaves, there's some in that church that just won't follow the leadership of the new pastor. Why? Well, they like the old pastor. They liked his teaching. They liked how he taught the word. They liked how he stood in the pulpit. <laughs> I don't know. They liked him better than they liked the new pastor. And so they began to criticize the new pastor. They begin to criticize the way he talks. They begin to criticize the way he does different things. They begin to nitpick. And you know what? If you look at me long enough, you're going to find some fault with me. You are. I'm not perfect. And so when you find that fault, you could criticize me. You could go and talk to other people about me. You could tell them how bad Pastor Wood is, how bad Pastor Steve is, how terrible it is that he's my pastor. And sometimes they'll split a church because they're following a man instead of following God. Now let me say correctly here, about some of these in Corinth. Some were saying, I'm of Christ. That's good. 
not following a man, but following Christ. So Paul wanted to stop the boasting about different individuals and them saying, I'm of this individual, I'm of that individual. And he wanted them all to see that they were to follow Christ. He is the one that we need to worship. He is the one that we need to follow. He is the one that we need to exalt. Not a person, not a pastor, not a leader, but the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Apostle Paul did everything he could to try and discourage those people from exalting him. Now, what was the goal of the Apostle Paul's mission? What was he all about? What was he doing? Now, he said, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And he goes on to say, Not with eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. He was saying, I don't preach very well. Do you know that? I'm not eloquent in my teachings. Now, Apollos, remember the other individual that we mentioned a moment ago? He evidently was. He was a very eloquent speaker. And people followed him because they liked the way he said what he said. Now, I today, well, I don't even have to tell you. You know that. I'm not an eloquent speaker either. But in verse 21, the Apostle Paul by the, uh, said, By the foolishness, of what was preached, he saw fit to save by the foolishness of preaching. You see, as I give the Word of God, it's not my words, but it's God's Word, right? And as I tell you about the different things that the Bible teaches, we can understand that it's the power of God that is being taught. And it's God who convicts, not me. It's not my responsibility to convince you of sin. Did you know that? It's not. Now, it's my responsibility to tell you about sin. It's my responsibility to tell you about righteousness. It's my responsibility to tell you about judgment to come. But it's the Holy Spirit's responsibility to convict an individual of those things. And He convicts an individual that they're sinners before God. He convicts an individual that they're on the road to judgment, to a devil's hell. And it's my responsibility to show you from the Scriptures what you can do that you might not go there. That you might have eternal life. That you might have a home in heaven. And so what I'm saying here today is this was the Apostle Paul's message. 
This was what he preached. Maybe not eloquently. Maybe foolishly. But by the foolishness of preaching, he saw fit to save those who believe. What matters is not who baptizes the individual after they're saved. You see what I'm saying? Yes, we teach baptism. We teach that an individual, when they're saved, when they're born again, they need to be baptized. But, whether I baptize or somebody else does it, makes no difference. And Paul did not want these individuals to say Paul was anything more than a human being, an individual that God had called to preach the gospel. He didn't want them following him. He wanted them following Christ. When I go to the grocery store, this doesn't happen to me. I didn't know I was going to have a problem with keeping it up. So what should be our view of baptism? Our last point. Baptism is an act of obedience that's commanded by our Lord. And that very reason is why it should never divert our attention away from Christ to the individual who's doing the baptism. Christ is our all in all. Christ is everything. He is the one that saved us. Not any of you, I don't think, are going to say, oh, Pastor Steve saved me. Now, I've heard people say that. Have you? Oh, Pastor John Lewis saved me. Or Pastor Frank Menons saved me. Now, if they're really saved, if they're really born again, that individual just showed them the scriptures how they could be saved, right? And so the Apostle Paul didn't want individuals coming and, and saying, Paul saved me. Paul did this for me. Baptism expresses our desire to follow him. We're raised to what? Walk a new kind of life, right? Walk a different way than we did before we were born again, before we were saved. The center of our attention in baptism is not the place where we were baptized. I'm baptized in many different places where there was sufficient water Some people are baptized in a lake. Some people are baptized in the ocean. 
Some people are baptized in a stock pond. You may not even know what a stock pond is. <laughs> but it's a hole of water, and it's sufficient for us to immerse an individual in. A stream. The first baptism I had, the first time I ever baptized anybody, we had a, what we called a revival in our church. And we had 21 converts. Pretty good amount for a small church back then. And I had other pastors to come up and they went with us as we were, we didn't baptize on, you know, during the worship time. We chose a time on Sunday afternoon to baptize. Had other pastors to come and see the baptism. And they came up and they said, you've got 21 people. You need me to help you? <laughs> I said, no, I think I can do this job all by myself. <laughs> but anyway, I baptized. I think I baptized 22 because I think there was another individual from another church that had made a profession of faith, and, and that church had asked me to baptize this individual. So I think I baptized 22 that day. That's the most I've ever baptized at one time. But we baptized in a creek, in a creek. I was baptized in a creek. Now before I forget it, sometimes individuals are baptized in a baptistry. Well, you can see, we don't have a baptistry, do we? So we'll have to go somewhere else to baptize. Maybe we'll use another church's baptistry. That's a possibility. But anyway, doesn't make any difference where you're baptized. It doesn't make any difference who it is that performs the act, who actually baptizes you. But what's important is Jesus Christ. His death, His burial, His resurrection that laid the foundation for you to be able to be a child of God. For you to trust Him and be saved. Baptism doesn't save. But baptism does show what does save. And may it be the focus that we see in baptism to His praise and His glory. 1 Corinthians 1.13 Let no one who boasts, or let, I'm sorry, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. As we close this message today, I think it's important for us to understand the Apostle Paul's teaching and not think that baptism is going to do more than what baptism does. But at the same time, to understand that what we're showing in baptism is our first testimony to the world that we have trusted in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And we've trusted in His death, His burial, and His resurrection. And that we're trying to bury the old life and we want to be raised to walk a new kind of life. That's the message 
the Apostle Paul gave. That's the message we need to take with us as we leave today. Our Father in heaven, we thank you today that once again we can come together in your house and worship you. We ask you to bless this church, all of the members, be with us throughout this next week. Guide and protect us. Guide us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood zero zero two at gmail.com prayer requests can be sent directly to hbc prayer list 2020 at gmail.com this concludes the hbc weekly podcast please join us every sunday for our hbc cyber service hillside baptist chapel has moved right next to chopsticks and alto bocchetti this new location seems perfect for our growing church the hours will be as follows Bible study, 9.45 a.m., and worship at 11 a.m. Thank you, and God bless.